Welcome to Balancing Chaos with Kelly and Gretchen. And today we have our special guest, my dear friend, Jamie, who is here to talk about things that you don't know you should be prepared for, but you should be prepared for. Is that a good way to explain it? I think that's an excellent way to explain it. That's an excellent way to explain it. So we talked about our New Year's resolutions last week, and big ones for me and Kelly all have to do with finances, Um, and we're working on it. I've been updating my you need a budget every day, and, you know, it's good. It's interesting to see where the money goes. Like, one of the things that was unexpected was that I got taxed on my tuition waiver because my tuition was more than $5,000. So my check was less than I was expecting. I was like, what? But it was the extra tax. So now I know that I have to plan for that at the end of the year. But only the end of this year, and then I'll be done with that MBA. So it'll be fine. So it taxes you, too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was after, just the significant yeah. others. After mm-hmm. 5500 oh. So I got taxed on... So my last pay... And not like by the classes you take. So it was my last paycheck for the year. I got taxed on an extra $3,500. I got oh. hit by that one in grad school, too. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was like... I, wait, wait, wait. Where'd that come from? I was waiting. For, I thought I'd have like this amount of money. I kind of plan on it. But because I do have my $1,000 emergency fund, it's not going to impact me too much, except for that it puts me back $200 on my goals for paying off the student loan and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, so how was your financial week? I you just went made to Whole zero Foods. progress. <laughs> I just stopped at Whole Foods and spent $400. But okay. But I bought. I seriously bought like meat for two months, and stuff. I stocked up, so it was it was a big shop. It wasn't for one week. Right, that's and like an entire month's budget for me for food. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have four people, and my kids eat a lot. And for us, Whole Foods is two hours away. Yeah. You were down there for work anyway. Yes. I, like I need to schedule a work trip to Portland so that I can go to Whole Foods and Trader Joe's and do all that because I'm out of a few things. I only bought things that were less expensive than I can get them at Hannaford, which is a lot of a lot of stuff. Especially because for the organic for the, natural. For what I'm looking for, yeah. Because they right. have their own brand that Hannaford right. doesn't have. So that's why. Yeah. I, but don't worry, the woman at Talbot's, because I hit up Talbot's too. <laughs> I said, oh, she goes, she asked me how I was liking living up in Bangor. I said it would be great if I had Talbot's Petites and Whole Foods. Uh-huh. And she goes, whole paycheck. You're, she so she gave me the she gave me the lecture too, Jamie. It's okay, I I get it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> did you use a cash card or a a card cash? Card I did. Cash. There you go. I only bought two things though. They didn't they didn't have much today. And actually, one of the things I ordered from oh. the store because I learned if you order here's a tip if you order it in the store from online, even if you have the code, you'll get two day express shipping. But if you order it online from the catalog, it takes like ten days. Interesting. From, from the online store. It's good to know. Hmm. So. <clears throat> Jamie, mm. my dear friend who, when I first started at my current job, how I met Jamie is that she came to my little cubicle and she said, we are the young club. You're coming to lunch with us. And now we are the middle age club. Because <laughs> that was 11 years oh ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So 11 years ago. And so Jamie was one of my first work friends at my current job. And she has since left for actually Kelly's employer. Mm. <laughs> so... You could be part of... She's young. Yeah. You could just start a new young club. Yeah, exactly. So I've known Jamie for a long time. A long time. And she has a unique story that... And I'm going to let her talk about how to be prepared for the unexpected. Is that a good... I think that's a great way to put it. Like, that's a great way to start this conversation. So about three years ago now, I was unexpectedly widowed. And this conversation's not about, you know, that whole process. That's a different conversation, a different podcast. Um, but this conversation's going to be about, like, how to prepare for this thing that you can't possibly even begin to prepare for. Mm. And the kinds of stuff that I wish somebody had sat down and told me when I was 25, as opposed to figuring it out on my own when I was 35. Um and so you were thir- yeah. you were thirty five when you I were was widowed. 34, thirty four. Thirty four, but I was turning thirty five a couple of months later. So and you had a child, and I had a seven year old son. He had just turned seven, um, mm-hmm. and so it was like you know it's a complicated time. But even worse than that, I was working on my PhD, and so mm-hmm. I was practically unemployed. Like I was, mm-hmm. I had a graduate stipend, but that was. Like, mm-hmm. you're, practically you're basically unemployed. You're definitely you have no money. You're on the whatsoever. verge of exactly. You're poverty. on the verge of poverty. Um, 
And so my husband, he actually, he committed suicide. And so not only was this unexpected, but it was an unexpected upheaval in our entire lives. The emotional piece aside, I had to suddenly figure out my job and, you know, how to deal with all of the real life stuff behind this huge life change. Um, I had been the primary breadwinner in our household before I decided to go back for my PhD. And so a lot of the finances were always kind of under my umbrella. And then I went back to school and suddenly it shifted from being under my control to under his name. So the insurance was under his name and all of the stuff was under his name at that point. Um, and so it was going back and like trying to rework your life and trying to figure out everything at this moment. And so this conversation is kind of what I learned from that process, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah. And the other part is that it's sort of, <clears throat> I always say this about childbirth, which is, which is interesting because it's kind of like the beginning and the end. But if you could have a newborn without all the stresses of postpartum and childbirth and pain and all that. Like if you could right now be handed a newborn, mm -hmm. we would all be great. Mm -hmm. We'd be like, yep. yep. I read the mm -hmm. book. I can look up the YouTube <laughs> video. This is how I breastfeed. I'm going to sleep fine because mm -hmm. I am not suffering the physical effects. Mm -hmm. So learning all this in the... In the moment. In the moment of grief right. and death right. is, a, is almost the same thing. Like, like right now you're in a space that you can say, this is what you should do. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend we do it while we are not in that moment? Oh my gosh. Life is so much easier if you have all the stuff figured out. And so when I'm talking about the stuff, I'm talking about, you know, just having all of your paperwork in one place and making sure that both people's names are on accounts and making sure that you have the passwords to, you know, your Netflix account. <laughs> the stupid little stuff that you don't ever even think about until you have to think about it. And then all of a sudden it becomes very, very important. So like Netflix accounts, a great example. I still have my husband's Netflix account. Like it's his name on it. So when I log in, it says, welcome Jeremiah or Jeremiah's, uh, you know, picks or talk recommendations or whatever it is. And it's like every single time I log into Netflix, that's what I see. And so it's like these constant reminders, which aren't a bad reminder in any way. It's just like, you think about all the things that you don't think about mm -hmm. beforehand. So it, it never actually goes away. But if I had the password to that darn Netflix account, I could change it and I just don't. So, uh. so I would have to deal with, you know, calling Netflix and saying account check, whatever. But this is, yeah, this is a good conversation for anybody to have with their partner before something terrible happens. And a lot of young women don't do it. And a mm -hmm. lot of young women find themselves in a position where they, they allow their partner to kind of take over a lot of aspects of their lives. Gretchen doesn't do it. I don't know if you do it. Do you do your finances in your house? I used to, but I'm totally guilty of it right now. It's bad. I know. Mm -hmm. You know what? I will. Yeah. I actually, this was one of my financial goals was to log in to all mm -hmm. the accounts and just see what's going on in there. If, so if something happened, I used to be, you couldn't spend a dollar and I would know about it. So if something mm -hmm. happened, do you, would you be able to access those accounts without too much thought? Probably not. Okay. I do have life insurance. Yes. I do have a term life insurance for quite a bit of money because my husband was a stay at home dad for, oh, okay. just until yeah. recently, until last year, but we got the term life insurance when we were 27, 26 maybe. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I, I wanted it for a lot because I knew if I didn't have a stay-at-home dad, mm -hmm. I would have to have childcare right. and I might want to just cry for a year. Exactly. Who knows what I might need to do? So we have quite a bit of life insurance mm -hmm. for that. That's one thing I do have. Do you know where it is? Like if you had to all of a sudden find the yeah. policy? So all that is in one spot. Okay. I do know that. So I have, and we have life insurance and we actually got it before this, but it almost solidified it to have it mm -hmm. um, and actually the reason why I got it was somebody else like a very tangential co-worker who worked in my office for like six months and then left and then I saw her husband's name in the obituaries and I was like oh and I was pregnant at the time mm -hmm. and I was like I'm getting life insurance today and I literally called that day and it worked out that actually Dave got and it was easy right it was so it's easy it's so easy oh, yeah. and it's so cheap and, and it's I used, so cheap it really is so I used and I'll be open with my numbers. I mm -hmm. used a select quote. Mm -hmm. We are not sponsored by them. <laughs> but they, they, I went through select quote. They 
gave us we they basically they broker policies. Uh-huh. We have a policy with a legit life insurance company, Transamerica. That's actually like the big mm-hmm. building in San Francisco. They have a big pointy mm-hmm. building, or they used to. I don't know if they still do, but. It's a legit company because they have a big building somewhere, right? That's yeah, good logic. Right, right. That's but we are covered. In London, too. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We are covered. We're each covered for about um, 500000 mm-hmm. It costs Dave $25 a month, and it costs me 35 mm-hmm. because I am overweight. And when they did it, I was pregnant. They wouldn't cover me when I was pregnant because I had gestational diabetes. Yeah. So they wanted to wait till after I was post-pregnancy, and then they came and did another physical at our house. So we filled out the thing on select quote. A nurse came to our house. We had to supply a urine sample. We had to be weighed. They did blood pressure. They did a little family health history. And within a month, we were insured. Mm. It was so stupidly easy. I wish I had done it when I was 26. It's a lot. Because you're probably paying a lot less. A lot less. Probably half. And for the same coverage. Yeah. Yeah. And And the way that I came to that figure was my idea was I want to pay off the house and sit in it and cry for 10 years mm-hmm. without having to think about anything else. Exactly. So that was how I came to that figure. So if you're wondering why I came to that figure, that's how I came to it. And at the time, our house, like, we owed more than $100,000 in our house. And I'm sure if anyone's listening from, like, Boston or San Francisco with the big pointy <laughs> tower, they're like, oh, that poor woman lives in a shoebox down by the river. Oh, it's <laughs> a very nice house. It is. And last week, I my insecurity was calling Gretchen's house small and I kept saying oh well, my house costs three times more to run and I said oh they're gonna think I live in a mansion and Gretchen's <laughs> living in a shack next door it's just not true no I live in a very I live in a small house and I said that and I said that in the HGTV podcast and my house is about a thousand square foot and Kelly's is like two thousand square feet which is still and for many parts of the country that is a very small like mm-hmm. one of the um designers I love is uh oh uh, Susan Sazanka or something like that and she talks about the not so big house, and her not so big houses are all at least two thousand square feet. So, how big is this house? About twenty five. Oh yeah, this is yeah. Big. We're in a really, we're in a really big house in Little City tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're cheating on Fairmont. Uh, <clears throat> so we, so so I had the I have the life insurance, and I joke, uh, joke isn't the right word, but I would say I hope that this money goes to waste forever. Absolutely. I hope that I never, and I have it. It goes until after the girls are out of college, with the idea that by that point our house is paid off. We have savings. We have we have that money on hand already to sit and cry if we wanted mm-hmm. to. But I hope that it is the biggest waste of $60 a month that I ever have. Now, you see, I got to jump in there because after you got yours and you harped on me, you <laughs> harped on me, insurance, insurance, insurance. And so eventually I went out and I listened to you and I went through select quote <laughs> and I did the exact same progress. And they came to the house and they, you know, taking yep. blood pressure and all of that. And for me, it was going to be $27 a month. And I thought, great, sign me up. There's my $600,000 of coverage and we're all set. Mm -hmm. Peace of mind. I call that my like peace of mind check every month. My husband, however, had some cholesterol issues. And so it was going to be much more expensive for Mm -hmm. him. And so we decided we'll hold off until, you know, he Uh, brings this under control. And unfortunately, he never brought it under control. And, you know, he ended his life at about a year and a half, two years after that. And so it might have been a moot point regardless. However, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish Mm. that he had life insurance because depending on the timing, it might have been okay and I might have actually gotten a life insurance check. But as it was, I found myself as a 34-year-old woman with a 7-year-old son with absolutely no financial resources whatsoever. So the first thing I tell any young woman after they get married, and I tell every single one of them I talk to, go get life insurance. Get it today. It is worth the $25 or $30 a month that you're going to be paying for it. Just stop drinking Starbucks. It would do mm-hmm. whatever it takes. Make this happen. It's a dollar a day. Mm-hmm. Make it happen in your life because it can be life-changing. It can remove so much worry later on that you shouldn't have to worry about in that case. And you don't know what's going to happen. It might be a car wreck. It might be who knows. It, but just to have that peace of mind in there is like this huge relief and I still feel it I still feel it today like I know that my son's taken care of if something happens to me because I have life insurance and that's not going to go away so you were so he was full-time employed and you were in school right and did you have um, health insurance a school health insurance plan well no I did not because I went on his health insurance after I decided to go back to school and so 
not on life insurance is a different piece health mm -hmm. insurance is another big one so if something happens to your partner um, the health insurance ends within 30 days and then you're going to have the option of COBRA uh, COBRA is the I don't know what the acronym stands for but it's the health insurance yeah. that you can pay for after like a life shift um, however it's like six or seven hundred dollars a month mm -hmm. it's you're paying the full price not mm -hmm. the it's price the employer is paying price. nothing yeah, yeah. Yeah. and so like that's not an actually feasible option no. for a lot of families. That's not real. Especially if you have no income. Exactly. Um, I was in a very, very lucky place where I could just switch over to my graduate student insurance. And it was expensive, but it wasn't as bad as COBRA would have been. But for a lot of families, that's not an option. And so mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you know, you're a young widow, you've got your kids at home, and you've got no insurance. And so all of a sudden, if you've got no life insurance and no health insurance, and perhaps you're underemployed a little bit, or you were relying on your husband's income a little bit, all of a sudden you can find yourself in a very dark place very quickly. Mm -hmm. and so, well, and you touched on something, too, because James was a stay-at-home dad. Mm -hmm. I think oh, that... Yeah. that I. I so I'm a working mom, you're a working mom, you're a working mom. And one of the big things that I feel like stay-at-home moms need to be really aware of is their own financial picture. And that includes making sure that you are insured because mm -hmm. even if something happens to you, the partner, the breadwinner is fucked completely. <laughs> like, they are. They really are. And yeah. also, that breadwinner should also be contributing to a mm -hmm. retirement account for you. Yeah. And that mm -hmm. there, there should be some mm -hmm. investments mm -hmm. in your name because this is right. when it grows and this is when it happens. And and not a pension, a retirement mm -hmm. account. Very yeah. different thing. Even if it's a Roth IRA, yeah. which mm -hmm. they can do. Like, there's a million different things. And again, we are not financial planners. Mm -hmm. But but we did learn with James that you can, experience. You, can, you can contribute to a Roth IRA as a stay-at-home parent. Because we yeah. did that for James. And it, we didn't used to think you could. Mm -hmm. We looked into it. So you can and yeah. you should. Yeah. And the other thing I want to mention, just because you've mentioned that he took his own life, a lot of life insurance policies, if you've had them for at least two years, exactly, they will still pay out. I'm mm -hmm. also in the show notes going to include some phone numbers to hotlines for mm -hmm. suicide prevention, because I don't want anyone to hear this and think, oh, I've had my life insurance for two years. Mm -hmm. Now's the time. Now's the time. But it, that's a, sort of a misconception mm -hmm. among um, suicide awareness right. that that you would not get um, a life insurance policy. Mm. And he but did, you have to have the life insurance policy. <laughs> yes. in he did have a small one through his employer, He did have correct? a small one through his employer. So uh, the employer typically pays out one year of salary. That's what those insurance mm -hmm. policies typically are. And so that was a huge, huge benefit for us for you know just some of the expenses that come up mm -hmm. with end of life. But also we, we had some things that had to be taken care of because I was not working full time for mm -hmm. such a long time. Um, and it helped me to transition into my new position and all those things. So that was a huge, huge help for us, which doesn't happen for every family. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so I'm very grateful. But it all ties back to the fact that you've got to have your stuff in order. Like, yeah. And having this conversation with your partner beforehand makes it so much easier. And so in this house, what we have today is what I call the red file. It's the red file because that's the color of file folders I had at the time, <laughs> but it sort of just works. And so, It works, so it's like caution, warning, caution, this is warning. important. Mm -hmm. Well, I have the red file, and I have in Sharpie on the front of it, start here, mm -hmm. <laughs> in case something happens to me. And so, after... And I know about this, like, the other thing, too, is that I know about this file, because you are a single parent now, mm -hmm. if I something were to person. happen, mm -hmm. there are several of us that know, like, mm -hmm. if something were to happen, we would, well, okay, I would throw up. And I would punch something, and then we'd be like, "We gotta get the red file." Like those that is like those. Those are the three things. Well, I mean, I would yeah. I would get Finn first, and then I'd get the well, red file. <laughs> um, I wouldn't leave him upstairs. <laughs> anyway, like the the red file, it's it's all the stuff that I wish I had together before this happened to me. It's all the things that I had to collect together very quickly when I was grieving and when there was a lot of turmoil and when I was going to funerals and when I was hosting family and when everybody descends on you, mm -hmm. you still have to find all of these papers and all of this stuff and start pulling them together. And it sucks really mm. bad, but you have to do it. And so if you have it all together beforehand, then you don't have to worry about it in that moment and you can just grieve. And so the red file is things like, you know, it's basic stuff like your passport and your marriage certificate and all of those bits and pieces that you need anyway. 
But it's also things like, here's my insurance policy, and here is my retirement account number, and here's the list of accounts that I have and I don't keep passwords in there I keep those as a Google Doc that you know I can share with anyone um, but potentially it could be like the accounts and the passwords if that's something that works for you uh, it's things like where I have retirement accounts with multiple employers stretching back my entire career and mm -hmm. so it's across multiple states and all kinds of accounts that are small some places and big other places and like here's how you compile all of that information and it's little things like um I don't know, your phone bill, your electric bill, all these things that they're going to come due the next month, whether your partner dies or not. Mm -hmm. And you have to very quickly figure out, oh, how do I pay that? That wasn't direct deposit. I don't know what he was doing every month. To pay. Was he writing a check? Was he doing a check from the bank? I don't know. And so it just, it puts it all in one tidy place. Um, the most important thing that I've used it for is like housing documents so like the, the lien on the house was in there and this is a whole different conversation mm -hmm. I also talk to young women about make sure that you and your partner's name is on anything mm -hmm. everything so here's a good example like if you and your partner aren't on the title to your car well that car suddenly after they die it becomes a burden and you have to petition the state to get you the car's title transferred to your name and then you have to go back and forth on this whole process it takes months just to be able to sell the car now if you have a um, like a lien still on that car if you still owe on the car then you can you can pay the payment and that's fine but you still need it to be transferred to your name or you can't get rid of this extra car that's How just sitting in you had his car for <clears throat> How long did it take? Pain. It, the car for me, it probably took about three months of back and forth just trying to get the title into my name. But your house can also be a very real issue. So you decide, oh, I'm just going to put the house in their name. He's got the better credit score. Mm -hmm. Well, all of a sudden, you are a young widow and, or even an older widow, and you can't really make the mortgage very well on your own and you were relying on his income but the house was just in his name you have no right to that piece of property and so if your name isn't actually on the loan isn't actually on the title you can run into very real problems later on especially well because he didn't die with a will exactly so you had to go through probate to get all that so you mm -hmm. still have act you still um you still would be considered owning the house because you were married and all of that. Right. But you still have, it's a lot of legwork. I remember, and can I share the story of getting the cell phone with you? Uh, yeah, Going, absolutely. So she called me and she was like, all right. And the she was a very come. proud flip phone owner. I heard the best years. flip phone. Yeah, this was a great She loved it. Phone. It was like militarized. It was the like convoy. Convoy. <laughs> she loved her flip I phone. I loved that phone. And but the day came. <clears throat> The day came after this, and then because then once you were working, and it was like, okay. And I said, you know, honestly, the thing that helps me juggle, and, and I am not a single parent, uh -huh. <clears throat> was having a smartphone that I could be available for whoever needed me at whatever time. Yeah. Sometimes I think it's... It's like, a blessing and a curse. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so she said, well, you go with me to pick on a cell phone. I was like, sure. This is like my dream. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to the store, and I was struck by, we go, and Jamie opens up her bag, Pulls out a folder and says, and the guy says, hi, can I, how can I help you? Like, can't wait to offer you a screaming deal on a Samsung Galaxy. Like, he's just totally sales mode. And she's like, hi, yes. My husband died. The account mm -hmm. is in his name. I need to cancel one number. I need to buy a new phone. Here's the death certificate. Here's the, like, she just That's was what like. you have to take with you. Everybody and the guy was like, oh. Oh, okay. All right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, but she walked around. I mean, you, I think you carried a death I, certificate for a long time. Absolutely. And I continue to carry it. Whenever I travel internationally with my son, um, I kept my maiden name when I got married. That was fine for me. That That's what felt right to me. Um, however, my son has my husband's last name. And so when we travel internationally, I have my name and he has his. And I have to actually carry a marriage license and a death certificate on my deceased husband in order just to do border crossings, like to get back into the country with this kid who's obviously mine, who's, you know, 10 years old now, but I still have to carry them. And at every single time we present our passport at the um, 
customs agent. They also ask for the death certificate and the marriage license just to prove that this kid whose last name doesn't match me is actually mine. So yeah, it, it keeps on going and going and going. It's something that you always, I keep it on my phone now. There's a photograph of it. Like it's so much easier than carrying an actual paper document. And that's why I'm grateful for the smartphone. You did know, you get a new right one? Way. You did get a new one because the other one broke, right? Yeah, it sure did. Oh, she's yeah, on her second run. smartphone. Mm -hmm. I'm so proud. <sighs> So did you get in job right away? Well, I was very lucky in that because I was working on my PhD for a university in a related topic, the university was very interested in hiring me anyway. And so I went to a leader and said, I need a job. And they said, let's see what we can do for you. And so uh, I was so lucky. Yeah. But that doesn't happen in real life. That only happens in my unique situation. Right. And so, so I was... Well, and, and able particularly to start working pretty fast. However, it meant that I couldn't finish my PhD. I, right. the, the demands of real life and the PhD life don't really mm. mesh. Are you at level. Are you ABD at this point? Uh, I haven't finished my comprehensive exams. So. Mm -hmm. But you could still finish it, or I could not. <laughs> or you could <laughs> not. Okay, you could not. <laughs> well, and you had a you, she had a career too in, in higher mm -hmm. ed before, before going back for the PhD. Back, yes. So that was so it wasn't like. Student, 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 widow. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. sort of, there was a yeah, career in, in the middle there. And there. So, um, and you know what? I'm okay with it either way. And that's something that we study in the academy. It's something that you have to understand that the needs of adult learners are different and they have stuff that happens in their life. So, so I am one of those students now where I'm just sort of uh, taking some time off until I get to the next phase and I only have eight more years until he's 18 so maybe right. I'll finish this <laughs> so I don't have a red file yet but that's one of my new year's resolutions mm -hmm. yeah. I, I have a pretty but we have our google doc and our google doc is sort of like a red file although I love my husband dearly and I actually said he was looking for the password for one of our accounts and the way we manage it we do not put our actual passwords in this google doc but most of our passwords are based off various like personal code mm -hmm. sayings that if you saw it, right. you'd be like, I have no idea what this means, but if Dave Ray sees it, know. we know exactly what that means. Mm -hmm. So he was looking for a password. I'm like, it's in the Google Doc. And he's like, what Google Doc? And I literally texted Jamie. I'm like, Jamie, if I die, remind Dave that there's a Google Doc. <laughs> <laughs> so she's my person yeah, too, yeah. because I was like, and like it's and like I literally even mm -hmm. use the colors in Google Docs and I made the file orange mm -hmm. and it's at the top and it's called important info. And like there is... No, I can't make it any brighter. Do you have the Google death message? No, I this should This is do one that. you don't know about. So uh, there is a, I don't know, a setting in Google where if they don't hear from you, if you don't have any activity in the account for a certain amount of time, it'll send a message to whoever you designate oh. as your message person. Oh, that's interesting. You can write them a message and it'll give them access to your Google I don't think that your husband had that. No. Because no, I, he still pops up on, like, my birthdays. And, oh. What was it the other day that I was, like, I'll search for things in my email, and I'll get, like, a... Oh. And so I was yeah. like, oh. That's brutal. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, so I have a Google Doc. You can tell Dave, too. He knows about it. It's shared with him. Google He Doc. has access to it. Mm -hmm. And it does list... I've actually listed out our accounts. <clears throat> the numbers are on there. And then code for the logins. So that he or I could figure it out. Um... I think I need to update the Netflix password, though. I don't know if that one's in there. Seriously, <laughs> don't leave the Netflix password. <laughs> this will continue to haunt you. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> it is. But if you don't know somebody else's password, you don't know their password. Right. So you just well, we, go with it. we use our my mother-in-law's Netflix account, and it's the password is... I, it's What's the password, Kelly? Z, and I don't even know. It's so complicated. Well, then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. But, yeah. So we keep all this stuff one, in a safe. So do you have this in a safe? No, I have it in a file cabinet. There, so we can get it we do have ours in a fireproof safe, all of this stuff. But mm -hmm. it's not... I don't have the passwords. I probably should get the passwords. Maybe James has it, and I just have never talked to him about it. I have. I don't have this about stuff, it, but I don't know about the passwords. Uh, get your Google Doc and get your Google death message. Wow. So the other thing, do you, guys have, do you guys have wills? We do. No. Yes. <sighs> all right. I have to confess. You don't have a will? I can't decide who my son would go to. Oh, it's that's tough. It, it is, is the hardest decision in the whole world. It is. And so this is the reason that I haven't been able to like yeah. assign the will. Luckily, I mean, the will is very important for estate matters, but all of everything goes to my son anyway. And so, right. like for you know insurance, he is the beneficiary and all of those things. Um, but I cannot decide. Yeah. And so, 
Yeah, it's it's a tough conversation. We we and we honestly don't, we don't have a will yet. Conversation, yeah. But we're also like we're not that you know, and all three of us are not complicated situations. We don't have prior relationships and prior children and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I don't like we don't have a will. That's be on our twenty eighteen list too. Um, my parents have wills, but they're older. But now I'm their executrix, which I think is sounds like a badass name for a superhero. Executrix. Executrix. That's is different than an old man. If you're a woman, you're an executrix. Oh, I know. It's hot. Um, but they, every time they leave, they're like, and the documents aren't there anymore, so don't go looking for them. But they'd be like, documents are on the desk. If anything happens. And finally, I said, you know what, mom? Like, if anything happens, you're going to, like, if you're traveling, you're wherever. If you it happens at home, they're going to take you, they're going to bring you to Bangor to the hospital. Like, why don't I just keep the documents? Mm-hmm. So I know I'm in possession of the documents, but we each have... Um, safe deposit boxes at Bangor Savings mm-hmm. and they're actually like right next to each other and we each are and like we did this whole thing so that Dave and I and my parents are all on each of them so that if anything happens to any of us we all have access we all have keys I'll tell you I'll tell you to tell Dave where they are because he won't know <laughs> um, I should add that to the list of important information <laughs> but we so we have we put like important stuff in there but I am like my parents power of attorney and uh I don't know. I get to pull the plug, whatever that is. Healthcare power. That one. Yeah. <laughs> I keep trying and there, you know, nothing happens. I shouldn't say that. No, but I am, a, but I'm their power of attorney because if anything happened, I'd be the one that would be in charge of making those decisions. But it's also, I know that and it wouldn't be a surprise. So I'm joking about it, but it's something I've known for 10 years, 15 years mm-hmm. that I'm the one that's in charge of making those decisions. My sister is happy to let me be the one in charge of making those decisions. I'm just closer to them and all of that. Um, but that's not like, do you have that arrangement with your parents? Do you, have you had those conversations with your parents? We have. So our, our all of our stuff is actually at Thompson Hamill, which they just opened an office in downtown Bangor. So they actually helped us. What, what did you use to get your life insurance? Select quote. Okay, so we had ours through Thompson Hamill. So he, they, we have a financial advisor and he put a quote out and gave us mm-hmm. the best, showed us what the best bid is and our retirement accounts. And actually, speaking of all your random retirement mm-hmm. accounts, because I had that, because I had a lot of jobs before uh-huh. I landed in my final career. And they actually went and collected all of the paperwork for all those random the little bitty rollovers and put them all into one mm-hmm. and they did all the paperwork for me they just sent it to me in the mail at the time before they were here and it was just highlighted where I needed to sign and now it's all in one account um, our disability insurance is through them everything is there and our wills we, there's a copy of our will there and at the attorney's office too mm-hmm. and in the fireproof safe yeah, we, and everyone knows that that's who we use. Some of them you can also scan all of these documents and put them into Google. File yeah, Google. Yeah, Love and then get the Google Death Note. Wow, and, and then have your husband forget about Google. So Google his grief. It would just be his grief, right? Google doesn't. We don't have Google Wine, but we do have Google Death. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I'm sure that's not what it's actually called. <laughs> Google I'm Death. Have to Google it's like Google that. Account Recovery or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. But let's face it, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you have your list. Do you have other things on your list to... I do, as All a matter of fact. So, another she did important homework. one. I did my homework. Well, I've, did, I've been doing my homework <coughs> yes. for three years. Um, another important one is, you don't think about this stuff. You know who your doctor is. You know who your psychiatrist is. You know who your specialist is and this and that and this. But nobody else does. It doesn't matter how many times you tell your partner, oh, well, Dr. Smith said. They're not actually retaining the name Dr. Smith. And so that's another important piece that you really need to write down somewhere and let everyone in the world know inside your red file that you go to Dr. Smith and you uh, take this prescription medication and all of these things. Another big one is, and this is a tough one for young married couples or even couples who are not married yet but just starting out or partnerships or whoever you are, tell your partner what you want as your end of life Mm. stuff. So... I am not religious, much like Gretchen. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner's family was very Catholic. He was not. He was an atheist. And so they wanted to, you know, have services that were conforming to their religious needs. And that didn't work for me 
and I knew that wouldn't have worked for him. But at the time, I was just, I was not in a place where I could stand up for mm-hmm. any of these things. And so, you know, our end of life services were very, very deeply religious, which yeah, he would have probably had a problem with. Um, so having that conversation is really yeah. important. Like, do you want to be cremated? Do you want to be buried? Do you want to be... And most people don't have this conversation until you're actually in a position where you have to have this conversation. The conversations that are hard, the conversations that you don't want to have your, with your parents either, but you really should. Just mm-hmm. it, it, there's no There's nothing wrong with talking about it. You just need to sit down and have your glass of wine and... It's going to happen to all of us. It's going to happen, so own it. No one outruns it. I'm going to tell the world right now, I would like to have my body donated to science. Mm. I worked at a university, and my office backed up to the cadaver lab (laughs) for years. And I used to have these nightmares about cadaver zombies coming through the walls because I backed up to the cadaver labs. And I want to know that my body is giving some poor nursing student or PT student nightmares. <laughs> this is all I want. <laughs> my, uh, my grandparents did that. Did they? they when my, so my, when my dad's dad died in 1969, mm-hmm. he was a biologist, he was a scientist, the one thing he wanted was to donate his body. And he died, my grandmother was a young, unexpected widow, he had a heart attack on New Year's Day and died. And <clears throat> They wouldn't. The universities wouldn't take him because he was he was forty two. He was too old, and they said, "No, you're too old. We oh. can't take him." So he was buried, and he's buried in Massachusetts. So when my grandmother, who just died in August, my grandfather died the June be- June mm-hmm. a year before, both of them in their aged years said, "Nope." My grandmother was like, "Nope." Now they'll take. She learned they would take old people. She mm-hmm. was all in. They wore like medical alert bracelets. Yeah. Only instead of like, give me insulin, it was call. I think it was um. It was University of Texas Houston, I think, that picked them up. And, uh, but they actually, my grandmother died right before Harvey. So they picked her up, but then it took a long time because they have to release the death certificate or something. Like there was some weird no, thing. And so there's, there's a lot of bureaucracy. Right and they now. use, and uh, Stiff is a really great book about how oh. cadavers are used in research. It's a horrible book. Well, it's terrifying. <laughs> okay. But if you want to donate your body to science, it's going to happen. Well, I'm and not some going to concerned with my body after. <laughs> I'm done. Well if, well, if you want to know what's happening to my grandmother, you could read uh-huh. Stiff, and okay. she could be in a medical... Like, you can actually decide. There Actually, there's some for-profit companies that are a little sketchy for a body donation. Mm-hmm. So do it through a university. Around here, I'm not sure if you can do it. You have to be so many... It's like Panera. Panera will never be built here because it's too far away from the bakeries. Like, I'm not sure if you can donate your body to science because we're too far away from the people that will pick you up. Because there's, like, a, a radius that you have to be. Hmm. So, Panera... <laughs> Hmm. Maybe, well, you're going to have to look into that for her because that's what she wants. Well, yeah, exactly. So see if someone's going to pick her up or not. I will just drag you into the office. You know what? <laughs> drag me in the back door and throw me in the cadaver. It'll be like a weekend at Bernie's. Uh-huh. <laughs> Terrify some poor PT undergrad. <laughs> like, yes. I know. They always, they're always nervous about that mm-hmm. part. Um, so you said, did you go through everything you said you wished you had? Oh, my goodness. Oh, wait. Did I talk about credit cards? No. no. Oh. Credit cards. So, I go back and forth on this. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you think about things in retrospect. Yeah. Um, it, we live in, I don't know the word for it. It's one of the states where you're not liable for your husband's debts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the term. Um, so, if you have credit cards that are separate, I have my credit card, you have your credit card. Our names do not touch each other then I'm not liable for your credit card debt, no. uh, debt after you you die. Oh, no. um, so we got everything except for that. <laughs> however, on the flip side, if you have your accounts joint as really down deep, I feel like you should because you mm-hmm. should be aware yeah. of each other's you know debts and liabilities, then you are liable. And so credit cards are one that I go back and forth on. Ideally, we don't have credit cards, but right. we live in the world we live in. Yeah. And so, um, so credit cards are, I think you should be aware of what your partner's doing. I think that you should have access to their accounts. Again, those passwords are very important, but I, I don't know. I don't think that, I think the credit cards are one where you can sort of skip on mm-hmm. having the joint accounts if you want. Can I ask what happened with the student loans? Student loans are actually, as long as you haven't consolidated 
your student loans, your the deceased student loans are forgiven 100%. And that was actually the easiest of any of the processes. Wow. I had to send in a death certificate. They sent me a letter saying, I'm so sorry for your loss. You're the estate of his estate is no longer liable for this debt. Student loans really were the easiest. Uh, the some harder ones was like the water district and like changing the names over from his name to mine. Like the smaller ones were actually harder than the big corporations. So, mm. but, but yes, credit cards are an interesting one that you could go back and forth on. I don't know. It depends on what Probably the easiest thing is to just try to not have, not have them. Not, not have them. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, so I actually listened to, it was timely, but I listened to a Death, Sex, and Money podcast this weekend mm-hmm. with Cheryl Sandberg and Katie Couric mm-hmm. talking about oh, that's being sweet. widowed. And like Katie Couric's husband died of cancer. Right. So she had time to prepare and Cheryl Sandberg's husband died suddenly. So <clears throat> one of the things that, that they said that I thought struck me, and it kind of, you, you guys know my own little like, um, what's the word? Like, uh, I don't want to say pet peeve, but almost like superstition about, I hate it when the people say, I wish the kids wouldn't grow up. Yeah. Kids supposed to grow up. And so Cheryl Sandberg said her like sister-in-law was turning 50 or something. And she was like, Dave never got to turn 50. You mm-hmm. should be so happy you're turning 50. Mm-hmm. And another superstition I have is that if I'm gone for a conference or if I take the kids, I, and I, I said, even before mm-hmm. this happened, I never said, well, I'm a single parent this weekend. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think that it's one of those things that can be really, to me, I was like, no, I'm not a single parent for a weekend. Like, if you're a single parent, mm-hmm. you are a single friggin' parent. You're a 24-7, parent. Right. 100% I'll say like, oh, parent. I'm flying oh. solo, or I have the kids, or, you know, Dave's working tonight, so it's, it's a girl's night. I But, like, that's a conscious thing that I never say, mm-hmm. I'm a single parent this weekend, because I'm not. I have... I appreciate that. You know, this is my, one of my widow pet peeves. And true single parents understand this. Like, there are single parents and there are co-parents. And yes. Co-parents are not the same thing I, mm-hmm. as single parents. I'm not even a single parent or a co-parent. And I, mm-hmm. it actually irritates me. Yeah. When we're, you know, you go around these, especially for school, because I'm hearing it a lot at schools. And you, people go around their table and they'll say, I am a single mom. But they're not a single mom. No. Because they're ex- is still part of, of the, the life. They either go there every other yeah. week or whatever they do. Mm-hmm. It's not technically a single. If mom. something were to happen to that single mom, there is another there's parent. Another, there's another parent. parent. If something happens yeah, there's to a, Jamie, there's mm-hmm. not another. There's not. Parent. There's not a direct line to right. somebody. What are some other like crazy. widow pet peeves that um, you could share? There are some things that people say to widows, like uh, it was. But I hope I never said anything. Be, I never said that. Oh, you never said that. <laughs> but you know, it's um, yeah. Well, yeah. A lot of them are religious. Mm-hmm. It's you know, God will open a new door or things mm-hmm. like that. Oh my gosh, they drove me absolutely crazy. Or, um, well, you'll move on very quickly. You're young. That one. <laughs> like, you're young, so you'll be fine. Like, it, uh, Let's see. Some other ones were, I was asked, well, I was, you know, said, you'll remarry within two days. I swear to you, within two days, someone said to me, don't worry, you're so young, you'll get married again. And it's like... Come on! It's, oh my God. It, yeah. That almost seems like a like a really patriarchal like you are nothing right without a husband. You're or, nothing without I don't a know. Husband. That just that creeps me out yeah. in general. There are also there are a lot of kind of creepy people out there who are very opportunistic, and so you know there were some men who were like talking to me within a couple of weeks who were like I, I just felt very sketchy like let's go out for coffee which wasn't okay with me and there are lots and lots of things and there are other people who come up to you and they want to tell you their story like I totally understand what you're going through because my third cousin twice removed you know I had a goldfish who, once mm-hmm. exactly there used to be two goldfish and one mm-hmm. died and, yeah. oh sorry, right, goldfish so, so, those are the ones <laughs> the best people are the people who you know when you're going through something really traumatic like that 
they drop off toilet paper mm. at Kleenex. <laughs> so mm. like, I know you've, you're going to have a lot of house guests. You'll probably run out of toilet paper. Here you go. Here's your 24 pack of Charmin. Or, you know, I know you're going through some things. Here's a box of Kleenexes. Those are the best possible things. Or uh, I, I would love to walk your dog. I would love to shovel off your driveway. Those little things that, you know, it's a huge burden in the moment and so if you're looking for something to do something nice to do for somebody who's recently lost a loved one offer them toilet paper <laughs> i remember and this is and this is not me comparing at all mm-hmm. but when i was in like when i was in my early 20s um an ex-boyfriend died it was very unexpected it was totally not the same but i had to leave town to go to the funeral when i came back my neighbor, who was my friend who lived downstairs, went to my apartment and had, because it was sudden, I had to leave, yeah. washed all my dishes, did all my laundry, cleaned my apartment. So when I came home, it was clean. And I remember, I remember thinking this is the nicest thing anyone the could do for me. The nicest thing anybody can possibly do for you. And it was so simple. And mm-hmm. it wasn't showy. And it wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. she didn't need. One of the things I have, by the way, I just explained my, the VIP section on the iPhone, where when your phone's asleep, it will still ring through. And I still have you. So if you ever have an emergency, <laughs> you're in my VIP list. I was telling her. So like. Oh, you should explain this because I, this is really interesting. I didn't know. Because a lot a of people sleep with their phone this. silent or yeah. they. Or they sleep with it on and listen to all the dings all night because they don't want to miss an emergency. This is really cool. So in the iPhone, it has a favorite section in your contacts. So you can put it on Do Not Disturb. So I don't get the dings. I don't get... And like of my friends... Sorry, you're not having there, Kelly. So if you text me at 11 o'clock, sucks to be you. I'm just going to die, I guess. But it's like my parents, my sister, Dave, the school snow line, because they always call at 5 5 a.m. And and you. Like it is so that if... There is an emergency, because yeah. we don't have landlines anymore. Mm-hmm. If there's an emergency in the middle of the night, it will um, it will ring through. And mm-hmm. so I would always get it. So if you ever had an emergency, I can answer that phone. And the other thing Gretchen's is... Gretchen's rescued me in more than one emergency. <laughs> just like to make this clear. <laughs> and another one, too, to, to uh, know if you have a friend who has an iPhone, if you ring, if they have that setting turned on, if you are not in their... Con- so, Kelly, if you weren't... You, I'm telling you right now, you're not in my favorites list, mm-hmm. so I don't get your text uh-huh. at four in the morning when you get up. Yeah. But if you needed to reach me, if you call twice within three minutes, it will ring through because the iPhone will say something is obviously wrong. Right. So it's like, it's kind of like the old pager 911 thing. Mm-hmm. So you call twice if you need me in an emergency. Don't, okay. don't call me twice otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> I've called you before in an emergency, but I guess your phone wasn't on sleep. Which, oh yeah, yeah. No, that, but yeah, I was awake. It was before 10. Like mine is set to be like 10 to 7. Mm-hmm. It's do not disturb. So my phone isn't buzzing all night unless it's the 5 a.m. snow call or if it's an emergency, which I hope it never, never is. is. Yeah. <laughs> Knock on wood. Um, do you have some, what are your questions or what are your... So those are the things you... So what, because this, you know, your husband's death was very public. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know you, but yeah. I knew about you. Of course, yeah. I mean, I didn't live around here. We live in a small town, we live, so everybody knows. Well, I was in Southern Maine at the oh, time. Oh. So my sister with that was. At I was scared. I just escaped the Southern Maine, but apparently that's not an option either. I was putting my kids to bed, and I came downstairs, and my sister and her best friend were over at our house that night, and they were both mm-hmm. crying on my couch. Seriously? And I said, "What the heck's going on?" And they were telling. Yeah. They got an email. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know you at all, but I thought, oh she will definitely leave mm-hmm. town. And it's so interesting to me because you haven't moved. Mm-hmm. So you're in the same house. Yeah. You're in the same neighborhood. So I should obviously, say... Obviously, yeah. you're in the same house. So my husband was a teacher in mm-hmm. town and he suffered from some severe mental illnesses. And um, those illnesses caused him to make some very bad choices mm-hmm. in life. And those bad choices led to his eventual arrest. However, instead of being arrested, he decided to take his own life. And so this was a very public thing yeah. for the city, for students. I mean, he was a high school teacher, and so a lot of people were affected by this. And there's a lot of trust that you place in your public school teachers, and so you, you expect a certain level of... Uh, law-abiding mm-hmm. from them so uh so that's where it's all coming from and yeah I, I don't think i've ever met anyone who lived here at the time who didn't know my story yeah yeah but it was it was very public anyway so i stayed in town because i can't live without this town this town actually like wrapped its arms around me yeah. and took very good care of us and so mm, 
I wasn't aware of most of what was going on in the background to make sure that my son and I were very insulated from this very public thing that went on. But I know that people protected us and that people took really good care of us. And I had food showing up on my door every day and lots and lots of Kleenexes and lots and lots of toilet paper. And so we were set. And so that's why I didn't leave. It was like, you can't leave your support network. And this was our support network. So, so it was important to us. Yeah. Um, and living in Southern Maine at the time, I didn't, I would have never understood that. Yeah. And it's only as after I've come back here and moved to a very mm-hmm. similar neighborhood. Our neighborhoods are similar, very similar. Mine's better. <laughs> I know, I know, I've heard. For the east side, it's okay. <laughs> it's all right over here. <laughs> there's like this, so you have to understand there's this whole like east side, west side, mm. um, waspy gang war <laughs> that happens. I know that, so one of the things is that when that happened, we had your son for a while before he knew. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I did... Gretchen was the one who I called to come and pick up my son. The thing that I did is we went home. It had snowed. And Dave played outside with him forever. And I was like, what is your favorite food? And I forget what he said. It was either like chicken nuggets or macaroni and cheese. It was one or the other. Those are the only two foods he eats. And, and I was like, okay. And I was like, I'm not making that. I'm going to give you a peanut butter sandwich. Like, I'm going to give you something. <laughs> because I was like, I like this was my thought yeah. process. It was such a crazy day. It was, I do not want to ruin his favorite food. <laughs> So that was what I did. That's what I was doing across town. Like, what's your favorite food? What? Okay, I'm not going to fuck that up for you. You get to keep your dino nuggets forever. Awesome. I'm going to give you salad. You're hungry? Eat the salad. All Brussels sprouts today. So that, that's what was happening across yeah, town no, that day. Yeah, no, I had no idea. I remember you coming to pick him up. I remember I, like, I couldn't find socks. You know, your brain just does not work. And it's like... My kid has no socks, but it's cold out. But I need to put socks on him. But I have no socks, and I don't even remember where. We That's found all him I socks. remember. I just remember him. socks. He was like he was. All, he they played on the swing set. Mm-hmm. They built a fort. They built a snowman. Like they yeah. just, yeah, did like a million things. And mm-hmm. I did not serve him his favorite. Oh, food. you know what? That's another important piece to this conversation. If the worst happens, who's your person? Who's mm-hmm. the one person that you're going to call that day to say, hey? I need, I need this. This is what I need right now, this instant. And they won't ask any questions and they will just show up and take care of what you need. And if you don't know who that person is, you need to sit down and think about it because you have to have And sometimes I think it's even, maybe even saying you're the person. Because oh, it's, absolutely. it's almost like when, um, like when they say there's an accident and you have to point to someone and say, you call 911. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. who's your, who is it right. that, so like, your person? so that's why I said, Mm-hmm. If something happens, you need to tell Dave, here's where it is, mm-hmm. you know. I will totally be your person. But, and so you have that piece of information, that you have that mm-hmm. other person, because the person who's in close might not be able, be to, able to see it. Right. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I've always been really technical, and all these things are really important, and obviously I fully agree that everyone should have life insurance and, and the passwords, and mm-hmm. I haven't thought about Netflix Gosh, you gotta get that changed. You know what though? Now it's maybe kind you of kind of like a, yeah, it's a thing in the house. Thing. Yeah. Okay, there he is saying hi. Uh-huh. Um, so, but I've had this newfound revelation that actually social connectedness and community may mm-hmm. be the most important. I really think it is component of life. Like yeah. the fun, the, the best thing you could do for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I was down in Southern Maine. I knew this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the school, so. I was yeah. I was very yeah, aware, aware of it. All yeah. was going on. And then I moved here. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I thought is, well, that woman, she's going to move out of town. And then I moved here, and I lived here for quite a while. I met Gretchen. And somehow one day I put it together that yeah. you were the woman. Mm-hmm. And I was like, gosh, she didn't leave town. I don't understand it. I couldn't understand it. It was only maybe until this summer I actually thought of you. And by the way, this is the first time we've ever met. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, we're getting personal. That's not told, creepy at all. No, it's not creepy at all. <laughs> so I go, huh, I totally get why she didn't leave. Yeah. I totally get it. You can't leave this town. You can't leave. This town is amazing. When you have that, this type of community, mm-hmm. you can't even explain it to somebody. I was trying to explain it to my good friend who lives in New Hampshire, but she grew up here, but not in Bangor, in a mm-hmm. neighborhood. So like, well, why do people, why do people, I don't understand why people live there. I'm like, well, and I couldn't even explain it. I was like, well, it's just like, you got people who are there. <laughs> I honestly, it was so weird. I couldn't even put my arm, my, I couldn't even put words around it. I said, you know, you can walk outside and there's something to do. Mm-hmm. There's people you can trust. If you, yeah. 
if you want to get passionate about something, there's people who are on board. You, there are people who are there for you. Your neighbor will watch your dog. You know, it's, I can't explain it, but I totally get why you didn't move. So I think even though there were some things that you didn't have planned, mm-hmm. you did have a lot of things going for you that uh, maybe other people, other in people your situation, not. they might have had $500,000, mm-hmm. but no, nobody, no network, no Gretchen no to pick up the sun, no yeah. toilet paper deliveries, no, you know, um, powers out wine night mm-hmm. in the neighborhood, no book club. Exactly. I don't know what you guys do over here in Little City, but you wouldn't but have But we read that. over on the we, West we Side. Read. We allegedly read. <laughs> we have a book club, uh-huh. which Ingrid says, I had it at my house and Ingrid was there and she kept sneaking down and the next day she was like, I never saw any of you with a book. Because <laughs> Ingrid thought we'd all be sitting there like curled up reading our books. <laughs> like we read the books before and then we talk about them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've read two books. Yeah, we don't lie in this neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> this is the honest side of town. <laughs> um, any other things that you would offer as advice for someone to plan for the unexpected or to offer for if there's somebody who listens who has found themselves in this position and after your neighborhood people, your local people, you've gotten all your banks, are there any Resources or anything like that that you would share? Mm, you know, I didn't actually use a lot of online resources because this community was so amazing that, like, mm. people who I didn't really know, they came up to me and said, Here's my story. It might not be your story, but here's my story, and maybe we can share that mm-hmm. together. Or um, people who didn't know me at all came up and said, Hey, I'm standing beside you. And so, no, I, I in my personal situation, didn't need to reach out. However, there are tons and tons of communities for young widows. There are tons of communities for suicide survivors. There are tons of communities for even like widows who are older but might have uh, lots of questions about their relationship before they were widowed. All kinds of things out there on the internet. And I've run across a few of those over the years and they've been, they're amazing and it's a good place just to type down your story and get it out within this like non-judgmental community. The things that I would want every single young woman, 26, 36, 46, I don't care how old you are, but as long as you're new in a relationship to take away, get your red file, put all your stuff in it right away and spend the hour it's going to take. The second piece is talk to your partner, know what they want, know where their kind of debt liabilities are and where their assets are and don't. Don't just assume that everything's taken care of because it might not be. Get the life insurance. That's the number one most important thing that anybody can take away from this conversation. And really talk to people around you. Make sure you've got that person who knows where all of your stuff is, who knows you, and who will be your point person if the absolute worst happens. So that's what I'd want them to know. All right. And then... In terms of the suicide, would you have? Is there anything different that you would do as a spouse to someone who committed suicide before it happened? Mm. Um, my situation is very unique, yeah. and my husband's decisions were very unique, and so a lot of uh, I think the, they're all unique. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the mental illness and a lot of the distress that leads to suicide has to be treated on a very individualistic basis. But I didn't have any clues of what was going on before my husband, number one, committed the acts that he committed, and number two, killed himself. And so, it's sometimes it's hard. To even know your partner, your best friend, this person that you've lived with for 10, 15, 20 years. And so just keep that line of communication open, but also look for any kind of signs Um, or just keep an open mind if you see them struggling. Um, But again, there, there are lots of things that even as a partner, you just can't know. And so, so yeah, I, I don't have a lot of good advice for anybody out there. So it was very blindsided you. Completely and totally blindsided me. Yeah, I had no clue. Yeah. I mean, I knew that he suffered from depression and other disorders. However, I didn't know the extent of it because sometimes... Well, there's a huge percentage of people that suffer Mm -hmm. from depression. Exactly. And it's such a spectrum and... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we had lots of good conversations about it and he was uh, in treatment, but I didn't know the extent. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well... Want to turn to favorite things? 
<laughs> is that is that too much of a segue? <laughs> My favorite thing. My favorite thing after the suicide conversation oh. is <laughs> being here. No. Um do you want to switch to that? I know it's a little. Oh weird. yeah, that's fine. Okay. So, <laughs> do you want to start? I'll start. I had to think of a new favorite thing because I stole hers twice. You stole. <laughs> I just so, stole it the third time. <laughs> so my favorite thing used to be my key code door lock. Uh, I got oh, it first, and then Gretchen copied me, and then it would have been my favorite thing until last week when you stole it. Um, so I had to come up with a new favorite thing. And it is my toilet bowl light. I just got that. It is so awesome. I love this awesome. thing. Was that going to be yours today? No. Oh. Okay, good. But I do love it. I'm it so is excited. a motion sensor light. Yes. You walk into the bathroom at night, and there's this little thing that hangs off the side of your toilet, pointing down into the water in the bowl that, like, points an LED light and it changes colors and so you're like looking at the toilet bowl and first it's red and then it's orange and then it's yellow and then it's green and yeah. then it, yeah and it goes on and it is awesome at night okay um, so here's you are totally the only girl you are the only woman in your house David's the only man in our house I'm thinking the toilet light is kind of lost on girls who would immediately dim the light upon <laughs> using the like toilet. I like it as a female. Really? It's just cool. It's just, I do not like the red. It's just fun. You look down at the red. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. There's just Never a bunch thought of about red. that. It's going to be great for boys for, for aim purposes mm-hmm. and for... Well, the motion sensor is... It's the perfect it, night light. It is, and it, it picks up from quite a distance. I'm actually impressed because... Did you get it on Amazon? Yeah, absolutely. I did too. It's like so two is bucks. Amazon giving you a recommendation now on Facebook? No. Okay, so now that's just you. <laughs> it's in my feed every day. It's some trendy thing that I will love, and I've been lo- and I love them all. It's terrible. Everyone so should have a toilet bowl light. I saw it and I go, oh, I need to get that. So I ordered it. I ordered it rates from my Facebook mm-hmm. feed, and it is so. It is really cool. I love it. It is. It's a great night. Do you like, have even, them for both bathrooms? I don't, but I'm going to get one for the other one. I got it. I put it in James's stocking for Christmas. <laughs> it's like, it, you feel like it should be a gag gift, but it's really it functional. It is. It's actually great. Yeah. It picks, you know where my kitchen is to my yeah. bathroom? It, if you walk out into the kitchen, it it pings from there. It can be pitch dark and Wait. this thing still picks yes. up on you. Can you do Alexa? Can you have Alexa do it? I oh. wish. Oh. <laughs> So what is Alexa? Do you have to connect her to Alexa? Uh, my other favorite thing is my Alexa. I yeah. live in the house of the future and everything is connected to Alexa in this house. So all the lights. Well, she probably didn't wake her up. Oh, and she's listening now. Sorry, I don't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but more importantly, I have Alexa at multiple locations. So we have three in the household. I have one at my office and I have one in Augusta where oh I spend a lot of time. Gosh. And um, And so like my son, he walks home from school and he can call me at my office or on my phone. Like, it rings to both places on my Echo. And so, like, I've got this constant communication. Or I can be lazy in bed in the morning and I need to wake him up in a different room. And so I just do it through the intercom system. <laughs> it's so lazy. Wow. It is fantastic. I never understood Alexa. I'll have to get a tutorial. I, I will show you everything you need to know about Alexa. I bought one for Dave last year, and he had just finished reading 1984. Aww. And so he does not like it, and it's mostly unplugged and in a drawer because he's convinced. And you know what? Send it on over here. I'll take good care of it. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favorite thing? So I got this new wine glass tumbler. It's an insulated wine glass. It's not even a glass. It's like tin. Stainless steel. Yeah, stainless steel. Sorry. <laughs> it's been a really long day. It's made and of lead. It's stainless steel and it's pink and it has a top. And it's it's great. I actually haven't had wine out of it yet, but I've been drinking water out of it. It's it's awesome. Does I, it taste like metal? No. It doesn't actually. I haven't had wine out of it yet though. I'll let you know when I have the wine out of it. But I've been having I got it for Christmas. I it's actually the perfect water cup because you know, all the water bottles are so big, and it's kind of weird to walk around your house with a big water bottle. Isn't it weird to drink water out of a wine glass, though? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's more of a rounded tumbler. It is. You than saw a wine it. Glass. You saw it last night. It's like a stemless, it's cute wine glass. It's a. Oh, that's it's in a picture. Tumbler. It's very delicate. It, it fits I'm in so my hand confused. really well. So 
Why How is it different from a glass? I don't know. It's lighter. It's prettier. It can't break. No one can tall. tell. It's like a sippy cup. It's no, no. top and it just has a tiny If you're holding hole. it, you can be like, no, this is just water. I know it looks like a wine glass, right. but no, it's just water, but it could be wine. Exactly. It could go both ways. Because see, my kids, I've had only water out of it, so the kids have been drinking water. They they think it's cool to take a sip out of it, so, they, so they're just going to think it's a water cup. That's really until there's wine in it and they take a drink out yeah. of it. Yeah. All right. So my favorite thing is going to be my um, snow broom, which if Dave listens to this, he's going to laugh because I've only used it like twice because I got it for Christmas. But he got one and he works for um, a company that has several car dealerships. And this is the broom that they use at the car dealerships when they have to clean off like a thousand cars after a big Ooh. storm. And it's like this foam pad on a long stick and there's no brush there's no bristles there's no scraper and it just pushes the snow off and it seems to work so well he had one in his car and i had like a long brush and now that he after i tried his i was like i really like that so he wrapped me up one for christmas and so i actually just used it to come over here because it is snowing again what's it look like it looks like um it looks like a big swiffer (laughs) <laughs> but without the pad, like a big foam pad. I'll have a link to it. And I forget, like, there's a million different kinds, but they're, what are you, you guys are laughing yeah, it's, it's the headphones. It's the headphones. Gretchen <laughs> <laughs> went super high tech on us tonight, and she's got a sound system headphone. It's pretty awesome. Well, because Dave got us a new audio rig, so we'll see how this sounds. It's going to be echoey, so he's going to bitch about that, because Jamie has a very lovely home without a lot of heavy curtains and stuff like that. So it's going to be a little echoey, and I know Dave, but it'll be fine. <laughs> I'm hoping you brush off my car with your super brusher. Oh, I'll totally brush off your yeah. car. I'll be like, nice. I'm a, I Actually, work while you're out there, can you just go ahead and take care of my roof? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's kind of like a roof rake only for yeah. cars, okay. and it's made of foam. Yeah, exactly. So so I was, I was digging that today when I got to use it and pulling out of uh, work today when there was snow that I didn't realize had accumulated. Mm. So we have more snow, but it's no longer... 12 below zero. I went to the grocery store on Sunday and it was nine degrees and the lady, sample lady was like, isn't it warm out? I was like, I know, it's amazing. (laughs) It's so great. So we're glad to be up in the 25 degrees, you guys. It's supposed to be 40, 44 Friday. It's not, you're not supposed to talk about that. Oh, I'm not? (laughs) No. Sorry. It jinxes it. I was planning shorts though. (laughs) All right. So we will have these on our show notes and you can always find us on Facebook at Balancing Chaos. You can always leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And until next week, this is Gretchen and Kelly and Jamie saying bye. Bye. Bye.